Welcome to the Casual Planeswalker Podcast, the show made by casual players for casual players. Welcome to the Casual Planeswalker Podcast, the coolest casual magic podcast on the internet, hands down. I know you guys have uh, have been missing us. We've been taking a little summer vacation, I guess. We're really excited to get back into the swing of things and talk about some some cool stuff that's been happening in the magic world. This will be a you know fairly short episode. We're we're kind of getting back into the swing of things, so we're going to give you kind of a little bit of a preview and. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna follow up later this week with a more more meaty episode, but but for now I, I really wanted to uh, get to a couple topics that came up in the in the last week. So I've assembled the finest team of casual planeswalkers, including uh, DJ and Leroy. Hey, so, welcome to the show, guys. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. So, one one thing that that came out this week that I really wanted to talk about was uh, the announcement of cards from the from the Vault Legends set. Um, DJ, could you give us like a little summary of of the kind of idea? I think you know we talked about it on the podcast uh, before, but they've sort of unveiled more of the flavor of what of what this is going to be. Could you just kind of give us a, an overview of, of what the idea is here? All right. Uh, well, from the vault stuff seems to kind of go through Magic's history and pick out some of the coolest stuff we can find. Yeah, it's done Exiled, which is banned cards. So you can get your hands on banned or limited cards from that set. Or Artifacts, which I guess Relics, which have been really good Artifacts. And now with Legends, they just give us 15 legendary creatures throughout the history of Magic that have all been really cool for us to play with. Sounds pretty awesome. Um, I got really excited when I saw this. I, I just love the flavor of it. And I was excited to see uh, some of the, the team that they would put together. So I guess, you know, let's, let's dive right in and start talking about some of the, the cards that we've seen so far. Um, the first art that they revealed was was obviously uh, Teferi, and so that's that's the first card that they revealed is Teferi, Mage of Zalfir, um, a card that has existed, but but it does have well obviously all these all these existed, but um, they've updated the art, and I think it looks pretty sweet actually on Teferi. So he's the the legendary. Wizard uh, with flash and and creature cards you own that aren't on the battlefield have flash, which is incredibly powerful. And each opponent can cast spells only any time he or she could cast a sorcery. Uh, basically, shuts down <laughs> anything your opponent has to say as far as uh, instant responses, which is pretty significant bummer on their part, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, yeah, I, I mean, are you guys 
excited about Teferi. I mean, I, he's never really been one of my favorite cards. I'm not really a huge into the, the blue mage kind of thing. Seems seems to be more your style, DJ. Uh, yeah, he is, but I don't know. I never really used him that much. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited for Sun Quan, Lord of Wu, <laughs> myself. <laughs> oh, you would be, man. I love that. Yeah. I love that you're excited. So let's let's talk about this guy. It's pretty hilarious <laughs> to me, but you're excited. So so give us an intro to Sun Quan, Lord of Wu. <laughs> uh, well, he comes from the Portal Three Kingdoms set. That's which, a mark of quality right there. Yeah, which is kind of a beginner set. <laughs> or it was supposed to be, but it had some interesting cards. Right. And instead of flying, they had horsemanship. <laughs> so creatures with horsemanship can't be blocked by creatures without horsemanship. That's but Sun Quan, funny. for six mana, you get a 4-4 that gives creatures you control horsemanship. So it can kind of spread to your non-Portals Three Kingdoms decks which is all of mine. (laughs) I'm pretty sure all of everyone's deck. Yeah, that's a good point. I love it. I mean, it's it's really laughable. It almost seems like somebody on the staff was like, hey, guys, let's get this guy, you know? (laughs) And Mm -hmm. then they let it through. But but when you actually think about it, you know, in terms of how you said, it's kind of a powerful card. Yeah. Really yeah, it essentially makes them unblockable. Yeah, because nobody else is gonna have horsemanship. No, unless everybody starts running Sun Quan Lord of Wu. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's it's just hilarious. I mean, of course he's riding a horse, I and mean, that's that's a given. Um, mm-hmm. He looks like a fairly prominent gentleman with a golden robe. Um. Yeah, well, I haven't actually read this, but I'm, I'm gonna you know, unveil the the flavor text on Sun Quan Lord of Wu here. One score and four, he reigned the Southland King, a dragon coiled, a tiger poised below the mighty Yang Tse. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> Not sure what a Yang Tse is, but well, whatever. Uh, the river. Oh, it is. Yes. Wow. That's fantabulous. Yeah. Ah. He also comes from one of my most fun video games, Dynasty Warriors. So Really? <laughs> kinda kinda familiar with those characters. That's awesome. That's... No idea. Uh-huh. That's cool. <laughs> and by those characters I assume you're you're also talking about the beard stroking gentleman. <laughs> yeah, South Bell Lord Away is also part of that whole series, Romance of the Three Kingdoms. I, I kind of like him. That was based on, yeah. yeah wow. I kind of like him. He's he's also kind of kind of cool in his own way. Yeah, so, yeah, why don't you uh, give us a little rundown of South South Lord of Wei, right? Uh, he is, he costs uh, five mana, two black, and three whatever you want to do, and he's a his type is a human soldier. Uh, he's a 3-3, three, three, and uh, when you tap him, he has target opponent discards two cards, activate this ability only during your turn before attackers are declared. And okay. against, like, 
any deck that's going to carry like uh, lightning bolts or um, any other thing like that, that's a pretty important, pretty important or like devastating thing to have. <laughs> I guess it, it kind of forces their hand a little bit. Yeah. You know, human soldier is kind of a weird. It seems it seems weird for a for a black creature. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not too many humans walking around in the realm of zombies and werewolves and or not werewolves, but well, not yet, and uh, vampires and stuff like that. Like gorgons, like Visara, the dreadful down there. Shh, we haven't gotten to her yet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so the exciting thing about, well, one exciting thing about these guys, other than the return of horsemanship, which, I mean, that's just a victory for all Magic players, <laughs> but uh, another cool thing about these guys is that they actually have never been printed with black borders before until until this From the Vault set. So oh, I'm awesome. sure that uh, Cao Cao and Sun Quan are super excited about that as well. Um, cool. So those guys are, those guys are old school. That's just straight up old school right there. Um, and then it seemed to me like I, I was a little disappointed by the fact that there's newer sets in, in this from the vault. And, uh, for example, Crash the Blood Braided, um, I mean, he's, he's not too too old, what, a couple of years old, I guess. And I know, I know that's not the point. Uh, it wasn't, you know, it's not like they're all supposed to be old cards. They're supposed to be, you know, awesome uh, legends that people like or or should like. And he's definitely very powerful. I definitely love the the flavor of that card. Um, he's a you know three three two colorless, a black, a red, and a green. Whenever another creature dies, you put a X plus one plus one counters on Crash where X is that creature's power. I've uh, definitely seen him as a um, commander, well, as a as a general in Elder Dragon Highlander, and he was pretty formidable, I guess, especially if you can put some sort of protection on him. He tends to get uncontrollably huge <laughs> in a big you know, multiplayer setting. So I can that's cool. see that. Apparently, each of his 22 braids is bound with bone and leather from a foe. So he's got, um, he's got meticulous hairstyling standards. <laughs> and then we've got, I'd say, probably the most epic creature that's ever been printed, in my opinion. What do you guys think? The progenitus, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, the Um, I look at it and I think it's ridiculous, and I I, I just want to move on. Um, it is in one word ridiculous. Yeah, I mean everybody pretty much knows progenitus. It just kind of broke the mold when it came out. It's got protection from everything. How can you argue with that? Um, you can't. And uh, you know it never goes away. It gets shuffled back into libraries. But uh, so I, I guess you know progenitus definitely deserves a spot in the uh, 
in this, the rotation here. I'd say just because he's sheer epic might. Fair enough. So uh, we'll continue down the list. The, these are cards that have been <clears throat> unveiled at various events. Um, uh, the, a couple were unveiled at uh, Comic-Con. There were some that you know were, were revealed if you got a pack of Magic uh, 2012, the core set, and went to a, a URL, www.wizards.com slash enjoymagic, and put in that code. That's kind of a cool... Cool way to let people see these cards. Um, so the next pair that we have is uh, Doran, the Siege Tower, and he's he's a really popular um, legend. You know he's done plenty of beating down in his day, so I'm excited to see him. He's he's pretty interesting. Kind of throws the game off in a different way. Um, he's Legendary Tree Folk Shaman. Each creature assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. Hmm. Um, Interesting. And then we have the ticked-off little Goblin Shaman, uh, Kiki Jiki, the Mirror Breaker. And I'm pretty sure they intentionally included Breaker in his title because he breaks things. I mean, he creates all sorts of infinite combos and uh, just ridiculous crap when he hits the table, basically. Uh, so, But he's a really fun card to play with. I'm kind of glad to see him. He's from the, the Kamigawa era. Then we've got um, Captain Sise, which definitely fits in with the rest of the legends, which, you know, she's a human soldier. Search your library. She's a 2-2, and you can tap her to search your library for a legendary card. Reveal it and put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. She was from the, the Weatherlight era. It's pretty cool. It actually seems like they did a pretty good job of of uh, spreading these out. I feel like they're a little heavily balanced toward, uh, toward newer sets. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're a little... they got a lot of stuff that's newer, especially like... Ulamog and you know things from Rise of the Eldrazi that just came out. So yeah, and yeah, I mean they are massive. They are incredible mm -hmm. forces, and I guess that outweighs the fact that they're still fresh in our minds. Mm -hmm. But I was looking forward to a few more gems like uh, Sao Sao and San Juan. <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, DJ, why don't you uh, run us through the next couple? Uh, all right. Well, after that, we have Omnath, Locus of Mana. Uh, he's from Zendikar, too. He's got... Uh, he's been a pretty fun card because something new he keeps you from emptying your mana pool, which is nice. And he's a fun card to play with. Although, I already have a bunch of them, so <laughs> I was a little disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, but hmm. Una's always been a fun card. Yeah. For those that play fairies, too. Yeah, it's pretty... I'm sure that'll go in a lot of fun decks. Pretty good card for any blue, black, 
or blue or black deck really. I mean, solid creature, you know, six mana, mm-hmm. five five flyer, and she's got this w- wicked ability to, you know, remove cards from an opponent's library and put one one flying creatures into play. It's just, yeah. I, I definitely always loved Una. She's pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a really big sword. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get him. Uh, Rafik of the Many, with brand new art, too. He's been that Shards of Alara legendary creature that I've been missing. Looted your collection. Yes, he's definitely going to go in my band deck. Because, you know, Exalted and giving those Exalted creatures double strike is always pretty good. Sick. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And plus he's riding a giant cat, so that works. <laughs> yep. And yeah. also from Alara is Sharoom, the Hedgemon, which I've seen in some pretty decent EDH decks myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, for 5-5, five, five, for 6 mana, you get it to return target artifact card from your graveyard to the battlefield. So it's that general you kind of want to lose. So you can get yeah. more stuff back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is great. You can throw it recklessly at your opponent and make them deal yeah. with it. And then we got Ulamog, the infinite gyre, I reckon. Eleven. Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you run around for the Eldrazi stuff, Leroy, but it, the mana cost just went through the roof. But... I mean, when you look at everything he's got, he comes into play, destroys a permanent. He's got Annihilator 4, which is, Annihilator is just sick, you know. He's indestructible, and he comes back to your library whenever he goes to Graveyard, so. he's Along with the rest of your Graveyard. That is true. Yeah. Even more powerful. So you use Omnith and Ulamog together? That would definitely work. And, yeah. well, actually, well, there's there's one more. But um, my favorite card of the whole bunch is a classic for me. I mean, she pretty much works her way into any sort of mono-black deck that I have lying around. And that's Visara the Dreadful, which, um, while I'm very creeped out by the new art, I, I'm excited to see new art. I mean, it looks awesome. Uh, she's a 5-5 five, five flyer in black for 3 and 3 black. And she has tap, destroy target creature, can't be regenerated. Uh, pretty cool. It's not it's not like destroy target, not black creature or anything like that. It's just destroy target creature. doesn't care. Masara has always been pretty awesome. Um, and then, Leroy, why don't you uh, round it out with the, the last reveal they have on here. Uh, the last reveal we have is Micaeus the Lunark, a legendary human cleric who is also in Innistrad. Yeah, you probably don't recognize him because he's actually a preview of a card from Innistrad. Yeah, and uh, he enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on him. Uh, if you... Um, tap him, you can put a 1-1 counter on him, or you can remove a 1-1 uh, counter from him and put a 1-1 counter on to each other creature you control. 
very important on the each. And he mm-hmm. is overall a zero zero is what he starts with because of the XX. Uh, so that's he's pretty yeah. crazy. That's insane. I mean, you remove one counter from him, and you get to put a plus one plus one counter on each other creature. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that has endless potential. Mm-hmm. I personally am not looking forward to the return of clerics. They've always been a, a thorn in my side, but um, that card on its own is pretty amazing. I like Micchaeus. Truth. <laughs> very, very awesome. Cool. So uh, the other a big thing that we we wanted to cover is uh, the re- the reveal of a couple of event decks for M12, and they both look pretty powerful, I will say that. So the first one is uh, called Illusionary Might, and it's based on a concept that we've actually been talking about uh, for the past few episodes, if you, if you have been paying attention for a little while. Um, when we, as soon as we saw Lord of the Unreal, I think everybody got a little intrigued by uh, the possibilities there with illusion creatures uh, because, you know, he's so powerful and he's not even a legend, so you can have multiple copies of him. So, uh, DJ, I know, I know you're really stoked about that whole concept, so what do you thought about the illusionary might decklist that you've seen so uh-huh. far? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, I really like it because it's got all the staples of illusion tribal decks. Although, I think it's kind of weird that it seems to have been kind of merged together with an artifact deck with its Grand Architect and then Steel Hellkite and Precursor Golem. So, I'm kind of interested to see how that will work together. But, uh, it seems to have all, all the good parts of any sort of deck. Yeah. I mean, they put in Porcelain Legionnaire, which you know, is just an all-around you know, mm-hmm. awesome card. But it does seem kind of like it doesn't really fit with the flavor, but it just it's just a good card. I think it's just a problem of having like a new tribal thing. There's only four illusion type cards that you can add to it. Yeah. So you gotta add a little more to it and with Scars of Mirrodin just coming out, like the most recent set, then that's what they're gonna add. Yeah. I have no doubt that this this is gonna be very powerful and it's very aggro-y. Um mm-hmm. and you know the Grand Architect it gives other blue creatures you control plus one plus one so to me that's that's enough of a bonus to include him so I mean yeah just because I, I you know I've seen the, the sort of style that, that Merfolk had with the uh, the Lord of Atlantis and stuff and that just seems to be the the idea is just get a bunch of uh, creatures that you know pump up all your other creatures and swing for lots of damage. But yeah, it's kind of nice though. It's kind of nice that you can like uh, take them apart and then build on both sides of it. Like if you wanted, you could take apart all the illusion stuff and add it to your own illusion deck. Then you'd have half of a artifact deck sitting around. 
you can add stuff to that too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be awesome. I'm still mm-hmm. loving these event decks. I think they're they're definitely onto something just incredible with building good decks that people can start off with. Um, I've you know reaped the benefits of that. Um, not not wanting to go through the trouble of building a standard deck myself. I can just walk in on a, on a game day and pick up one of these decks and and do quite well so far. So mm-hmm. Definitely excited about that. The other deck uh, that got revealed is called Vampire Onslaught. And surprisingly, there are no vampires in the deck. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> it's Vampire Onslaught. Of course there's vampires. Are you kidding? Um, it's, I mean, it's sick. Obviously. It's uh, just a pile of vampires and... They're really potent. They're really fast. They're really strong. I don't know. What more can you say, really? Got some Blades of the Blood Chief. I'll mimic that. I like that's kind of cool. That... Go ahead. Uh, I like the skin render that's in the sideboard. <laughs> yeah, skin render. Good. I just mages, Nighthawks. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't think they're... Um, I guess they're not digging too deep into the creative side to put this one together. They probably, you know, they probably went through their own search engine and go, went, um, let's find all the cards that have vampire in them that are in standard and see which ones we feel like putting in there. Yeah. But um, they did inc- include a verdant catacombs, which is pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is this is a really valuable deck. Um, Star City Games is already selling it for thirty five bucks, and you know people are basically saying that that's not that's pretty low too as far as the monetary value. So that's pretty cool. Um, it will probably rule it out for me. <laughs> <laughs> I like the twenty five dollar price point. That was kind of a sweet spot for me. So if it gets up to you know forty or whatever, then I probably won't get it. But I do think that vampires are are fun, and I don't know what do you get. What do you guys think about it? I mean, there's not a whole lot to say, but I don't know. It it seems pretty basic and kind of fun. It looks like it would be fun to play, but I don't have any grapes about it or anything. But I'm not terribly excited to play it. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's a pretty good start to a vampire deck. It's got Two blood gas, which always seems pretty important for a deck like that. Along with some other neat things. Four dismembers. Those are really good cards. Definitely. Yeah, along with go for the throat. And the hex mages. So it's a good start, but it doesn't have the best cards. True. Yep. Yeah. But... Cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I love building the uh, the library of event decks to choose from. Mm-hmm. They're perfect. Uh, you know, they're just they're just great. I love them. So that's uh, that's pretty much all we wanted to talk about for right now. You can uh, catch back up with us on Tuesday. We're going to be doing a more in depth uh, review of of things that have been going on and 
give give you a little insight in, as to what's going on with the Casual Planeswalker. We've had some cool uh, things going on internally, and want to let you guys know. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Do you guys have uh, anything to add? Nothing. Keep it casual. Oh. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, uh, stop by on Tuesday and, you know, download the, the next episode. Check us out on Facebook. Search for The Casual Planeswalker. Uh, be our friend because we like friends. Uh, check us out on Twitter at TCP Walker. And as always, www.casualplaneswalker.com. We're going to have articles and cool stuff for you. So check us out. Thanks for listening. And like Leroy said, keep it casual. Thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to look us up at www.casualplaneswalker.com or search for The Casual Planeswalker on Facebook to keep in touch and stay up to date with all the latest news we're bringing to you. Thanks for waking my cowlamp.